Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word today. Oh, Father, your words, as Jeremiah said, your words were found and I did eat them. And now your word to me is the joy and rejoicing of my heart, for I'm called by your name, O Lord of hosts. Thank you that we are called by your name, Lord. Thank you that we are in your family, that we are born of you. And we thank you that you've given us your word. And we find it today and we eat it today. We, we receive it into our hearts and into our minds today. And your word is the joy and the rejoicing of our hearts because we know that your word is the final say. Your word is the final authority. Hallelujah. We thank you for it, Lord. We choose to accept your word as it is in truth, the word of the living God, the final authority in our life. We praise you for it today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Psalm 115, we'll go there again to start. Psalm 115 verse 1 says, Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but to your name give glory. Because of your mercy, because of your truth, why should the Gentiles say, So where is their God? And we know that the unsaved, the unbelievers, are continually saying, well, where is God? If there's a God, why does He allow evil? If there's a, if there's a, a God, and if God is a good and, and all-powerful and loving God, why did He allow that, that earthquake in, uh, in Turkey this past week? Where is evidence for God in the world? We don't see any evidence for God. Unbelievers are continually asking questions like that. Where is God? You know, and it's, it's, it's one thing for the world to ask questions, uh, for non-believers to ask, where is God? But sometimes we as believers can be tempted to ask the same. God, where are you? Where is God? Where was God when I needed Him? And the psalmist echoed that sentiment in Psalm 10 and verse 1. He says, why do you stand afar off, O Lord? Why do you hide in times of trouble? And we probably all had experiences where the question comes into our mind, God, where are you? I need you now. Where are you? And so really what we're expressing when we say that is this. We're saying, God, I can't feel your presence. I can't feel your presence. I do not see with my physical eye any evidence that you're working or that you're helping me in this situation that I'm dealing with. And we can all be tempted to, to express that and to experience that and to say that. And, uh, you know, the psalmist in, in Psalm 73, he was experiencing something similar. And he said, you know, he said, I was just about to give up on this thing. He said, but if it, he said, I thought it, but if I had said these things, I would have been untrue to the generation of your children. And so we're told in the Bible that we're to walk by faith and not by sight. Our feelings can deceive us. Amen? And the great thing about God is this, is even, even when we don't feel Him, even, and even when we don't acknowledge Him, and even when we get discouraged and think that He's not with us, and all the places that he said he would be in our lives, as we talked about last week, and we're going to talk about more today, he's still there. It doesn't change you. Amen. It doesn't change. 
And I want to point out to you today, and I want to remind you all the places that God said He would be, hallelujah, in our lives. Praise God. So number one, God is for you. Or we could say it, God is on your side. In fact, that's what the Bible says. Psalm 118, verse 6, it says, the Lord is where? Where is He? He's on my side. The Lord is on my side. Hallelujah. And, 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 and what, then what can my response be if I really know that? I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is for me. Yes, he's on my side. And the next verse says, the Lord is for me. Hallelujah. The Lord is for me among those who help me. Therefore, I shall see my desire on those who hate me. The Lord is on my side. The Lord is on your side. The Lord is for you. Amen. He's for you. I told you my son Wesley, when he was four or five, six years old, would be watching a ball game. He'd look up at me and he'd say, who are we for? Who are we for? He was, he was saying, who do we want to win this game? Well, I want you to know that God is for you. God says, I want you to win. Hallelujah. In the New Testament, Paul writes and he says, thanks be to God who gives us the victory. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. John writes in 1 John, says, This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Amen. Not our feelings. Amen. Not what we can see. Because if we, if we rely on our feelings and what we can see, we'll be defeated. Yes. But if we rely on our faith, that's the victory. Yes. That's the victory. Yes. Believing in spite of what we see or feel, that's what's going to put, put us over. Yes. Amen. Amen? Amen? Because your feelings will change. What you see is subject to change. It's temporary. It says in 2 Corinthians, the things that are seen are, are temporal. They're subject to change. And they will change when we stand in faith and when we hold on to the Word of God. Amen? Romans eight thirty one says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, and He is, who can be against us? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen? Amen? So where's God? He's for me. He's on my side. That's where He is. And then number two, again, this, we, all, we, we covered all this last week, but some of you might not, might not have been here, and, and uh, just to refresh all of us. Number two, God is with you. God's with you. He's for you. He's on your side. He's also with you. You'll never be alone. Praise God. Hebrews 13, 5, for God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. I'll never fail you, and I'll never. When's God going to abandon you? When? Never. What does never mean? Never, never means not, not, one, not one time, not at all. Never ever. Amen. Never means never. Amen. Praise God. So he's with me. Where's God? With me. With me. Hallelujah. God is with me. God's for me. God's with me. And then number three, God is in you. He's not just for us. He's not just with us, but he's actually in us. Hallelujah. 1 John 4, verse 4 says, You are of God. Amen. That means that we're born of God. That means we belong to God. That means we've been authorized by God and sent by God. You are of God. This is the apostles. Now, it doesn't, this does not for, doesn't apply to every believer. No. You are of God. Little children. The person that just got saved yesterday. That just got saved this morning. Is of God. 
authorized by God, born of God, sent by God. You are of God, and that, and that person that just got saved is already an overcomer. And have overcome them. Them who? Well, in the previous verses there, he's talking about the he's talking about false prophets, he's talking about deceiving spirits, and he's talking about the spirit of Antichrist itself. You're of God, little children, and have overcome them. Why? How? Because he who is in you. Where is he at? In you. <laughs> in you. He who is in you is what? He who is in you is what? He who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. He who is in the world is the spirit of Antichrist, deceiving spirits, false prophets, everything demonic, everything of Satan, everything of the world, everything that would try to to drag us down, everything that would try to discourage us, to tempt us, all those things. That's all of the world and in the world, but big he lives in us. As I pointed out last week, notice it's capital. Capital he lives in you. You capitalize the pronouns for God. Amen. And correctly so here in the, in the scripture. He who is in you. We got big he living in us. Hallelujah. And big he that's in you is greater than little he that's in the world. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. So where's God? He's in me. When I'm tempted to wonder where is God, I don't have to look any further than right on the inside because he's in me. And if I'll draw on the spirit of God inside of me, if I'll remember greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world, then I can walk through that circumstance. I can stand in the midst of that storm and come out on the other side in victory. Amen. Glory to God. God is in me. Amen. And then number four, this was the last one we looked at last, uh, last Sunday. Uh, God is upon you. God is upon you. Jesus said that in his, in his very first sermon after he was baptized by John in the Jordan River. He goes back to his hometown of Nazareth, goes into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. The Bible said Jesus went to church. Amen. The church of his day. And that was his custom. Amen. So that's a good custom to have. Amen. All right. And so he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and, and stood up to read. And he found in the scroll of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, he found what we know as Isaiah 61. And he began to read and he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Hallelujah. And he began to, he began to declare his mission and his purpose. Amen. And he said, he said, I can do this. I can Oh, praise God, I can accomplish my purpose. I can accomplish my purpose because the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Hallelujah. I can do what God sent me to do because the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And you know what? You can accomplish your purpose, the purpose God has for you, because Jesus said in Acts 1, verse 8, to his disciples after his resurrection, they said, Lord, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel now? He says, well, no, you don't, that's not what we need to get our attention on. Here's what you need to focus on. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come where? Upon you. Upon you. So Jesus didn't say the Spirit of the Lord is upon me and, and nobody else can have him. No. He said the Spirit of the Lord is going to come on you. Why? So you can accomplish your purpose. Hallelujah. God's, God's for me. God's with me. God is in me. And God's upon me. 
God's upon me so that I can accomplish my purpose. So that you can accomplish, he's on you, so you can accomplish your purpose. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. So where is God? Say it with me. Say, God's for me. He's on my side. God is with me. God is in me. And God is upon me. Hallelujah. We used to sing the old, the old song, he's all over me and he's keeping me alive. Look that up on YouTube. That's a great song. He's all over me and he's keeping me alive. Um, and then number five. Now we're into some new territory here. God is beside you. Say, well, you've already said that. You've already said God's, God's with us and God's on our side. Well, that, th- this, is, this is similar to that, but it's even more specific. I'm going to show you. Psalm 16, verse 8. Uh, the psalmist says, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand I shall not be moved. Not only is he with me, he's, he's right at my right hand. You know, it's one thing to be with somebody. It's another thing to be so close you're at their right hand. All right. And, uh, and so, but notice that first part. I want to talk about that for a moment, that first statement there. I have set the Lord always before me. So see, we make the choice to set the Lord before us in our thoughts, in our affection, And what we give our attention to, am I setting the Lord before me or am I setting all my problems before me? Am I setting all the horrible things that that the news media is proclaiming? Am I setting that before me in my thoughts, in my attention, in what I'm dwelling on? Or am I setting the Lord always before me? His promises, His Word, His goodness. Amen? Praise God. See, what you set... What you set before you is important. Remember, you know, the story in the Old Testament about, uh, uh, about Jacob when he was working for Laban and about the sheep. And Laban said, okay, we're going to say that all these colored sheep are going to be yours. And so when they went to conceive, what did, what did Jacob do? He, he cut those strips and the, and the rods and, set, and what did he do? He, it says he set the rods before them so they could focus on that. And, and I can't explain all of that, how that happened, but as he set, the, as he set those rods that he had, that he had, that he had cut out and, and, and exposed the, the spots there, then those sheep conceived according to what they saw. Amen. Praise God. According to what was set before them. Amen. So the psalmist says here, I've set the Lord always before. You know what you're going to conceive and give birth to in your life? Whatever you set before you. Amen. So I recommend let's set the Lord before us. Let's set His Word and His promises before us. I've set the Lord always before me. Because He's at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Hallelujah. So where is He? He's at my right hand. And because of that, I'll not be moved. That means I'll not waver in my faith. Hallelujah. I'll not be moved off of my hope and my confident expectation. Because he's at my right hand. Let's read it in the New Living. Psalm 16, that in the New Living. I know the Lord is always with me. I know that. I will not be shaken because he's right beside me. Right beside me. Hallelujah. So God is beside us. Amen. 
And there may be shaking going on in the world, but I'm not shaking because God's right beside me. Hallelujah. Amen. When there's shaking going on in the world, I just look to my right, and there's God right beside me. He's saying, you're, everything's all right. You're fine. We're good. You're with me. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 20, verse 11. Look at this. But the Lord stands beside me like a great warrior. Wow. <laughs> Hallelujah. Wow. Like a great warrior. Now, is this, is this the truth or not? Is this the Bible or not? Is that in the Bible? Well, here it is. It's right here in the Bible. The Lord stands beside me like a great warrior. Before him, my persecutors will stumble. They cannot defeat me. Hallelujah. Where's God? He's right beside you. He's standing right beside you like a great warrior. Wow. Psalm 121, verse 5, again in the New Living. The Lord himself watches over. He didn't just send an angel. He's doing it himself. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as a protective shade. Glory to God. The Lord stands beside you as a protective shade. Psalm 91 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Amen. So where's God? He's standing right beside you. Now, my question is, are we going to believe our feelings? Are we going to believe what we can see that tell us where is God? I don't see Him. I don't feel Him. Or are we going to believe this? Are we going to believe what he says? He says, I am right beside you. I am right and I'm right beside you like a great warrior. Hallelujah. Amen. And then number six, God is beneath you. Hallelujah. He's with us. He's in us. He's upon us. He's beside us. He's beneath us. I'm telling you, he's all over us and all around us. God is beneath you. So what does that mean? I, that, that, that's almost blasphemous. I'm not higher than God. No, not in that sense. Not in that sense at all. Deuteronomy 33, 27. The eternal God is your refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. Hallelujah. Anybody ever sang leaning on the everlasting arms? Well, that's true. You're leaning on them, but you're also standing on them. You're also, that's your foundation. The eternal God is your refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. New living, the eternal God is your refuge, and His everlasting arms are under you. Hallelujah. What does that mean? It means that He is our firm foundation. Hallelujah. That means the ground that we walk on is solid. It's solid. It won't give way. Hallelujah. When you you walk, you can walk confidently. When you step out in faith, you know, Peter, Jesus told Peter, you know, they were were in the, the, the disciples were in the boat, the storm came up, Jesus had sent them away, told them cross over to the other side, and Jesus stayed behind to pray. 
and, and they encountered this storm. They're, it's the middle of the night. They're in the, in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. The storm comes up. The wind and the waves are roaring. And, and Jesus comes what? Walking on the water. Walking on the water. And, uh, and they saw him. And the uh, Bible says they cried out for fear. They thought it was a ghost. And he said, fear not, it's I. Don't be afraid. And Peter said, Lord, if it is you, bid me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come on. He said, come. And Peter got out of the boat and what? He walked on the water to go to Jesus. And he was doing it. He was, why? Because he was walking on the foundation of God. He was walking on those everlasting arms. But then he got his eyes off of that, didn't he? And he got it, instead of keeping his eyes on what Jesus had said, and Jesus said, come. He said, well, Jesus said it, I can do it. And he got his eyes off of that, and it says he began to see the wind and the waves, and he began to sink, didn't he? He got his eyes off what Jesus had said, but he was walking. How was he walking? How was he walking in the midst of that sea, that turbulent sea? He was walking on the foundation of those everlasting arms. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. His eternal arms, his everlasting arms, put the verse back up, Kim, if you would. His everlasting arms are under you. Hallelujah. So we can step out in faith. We can walk confidently in faith, knowing that the eternal God is under us. His everlasting arms are under us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's our foundation. That's our foundation. And then number seven, number seven is this, God, where is he? He's going before me. God goes before you. Hallelujah. Psalm 139 verse five in the New Living Translation, you go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. God's word translation of that verse says, you are all around me. In front of me and in back of me. Hallelujah. What does that mean? Well, God goes before us. The Bible says that God dwells in eternity. God's not limited by time as we are here in our bodies. He's already in our future. He's already there. Hallelujah. He knows the end from the beginning. Look at this verse, Isaiah 46.10. The Bible says this is what God does, declaring the end... From the beginning. So in the beginning, God declares the end because he, he stretches across all of it. Yeah. I know it's hard to, to wrap your mind around because we're so conditioned by time. But God is at the beginning and at the end. He's, he stretches through all of it at all at one time. Amen. That's eternity. Amen. Eternity past, eternity future. God's there in all of it. And he says he declares the end from the beginning and from ancient times things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. So God's already been in your future. You're not going to get to tomorrow and think, oh, wait a minute, God's not here yet. Oh, yeah, he's already there. He's already there in our future. I thought about, uh, as I was studying that out, I thought about something I had read in and this book that's so precious to me, Dr. Mark Rutland's book, 21 Seconds to Change Your World. 
uh, and it's one we use in prayer school. We re- I read a portion from it every Wednesday in prayer school. Um, but uh, he's talking about uh, the, the chapter. Let me just see what the chapter title is. The chapter title is uh, The Lord Is. And the very first, the first three words of the 23rd Psalm is The Lord Is. Yes. Hallelujah. And he's talking about that. And he says, Another necessary ingredient in the prescription of our healing is hope. A dear friend of mine, an Orthodox rabbi in Israel, pointed out to me that Erie Asher Erie, which I and many others translate as I am, has been translated differently in Judaism as I will be. Remember God, uh, when, when Moses asked the Lord and said, who shall I tell the children of Israel that is sending me? Then God said, tell them, I am. Eryeh, Eryeh, Asher, Eryeh. Uh, he says, I am, has been translated differently in Judaism as I will be. The name, this name for God speaks of hope. I am the future, a new future, waiting to make new in that future. In other words, when we reach tomorrow, I am, says I will be, there ahead of you. That is our hope. He's already there. Hallelujah. Brother Kenneth Hagin, Dad Hagin, in his last, he went home to, to be with Jesus in September of 2003. And the previous February, February of 2003, which they... He always had a, a, a meeting, a week-long meeting there at Rhema called Winter Bible Seminar. This was to be his last Winter Bible Seminar, February of 2003. And this was to be his last major prophecy. In that meeting, and, and some of you have seen that we've watched the video of that service before here at different times in the past. In that meeting, he got up and he began to prophesy. He began to prophesy about the year 2003 that was, that was just before, just happening. They had just entered into 2003. And then he prophesied about 2004. And then he prophesied about 2005. And then he prophesied about 2006. He said the Spirit of God had only moved upon him two or three times like that in his whole entire ministry in the past where he had, God had shown him things for the coming two, three, four years uh, at a time, ahead of time. And he said this, I won't read the whole prophecy to you, but he said this in the prophecy at the beginning of it. Many are, this is what the Spirit of God was saying, many are concerned about the future and they wonder what will happen. Will darkness overtake or will the light shine bright? Yea, saith the Lord of hosts, remember that you're in my hands. Remember that. And remember that I know the future better than you know the past. Glory to God. And all is well. I will alert you concerning that which will affect you. I will show you the way to go and you'll walk in it and be blessed. Why? Because God goes before me. God is already in my future. He already sees my future. And if there's anything I need to prepare for to get to that future, He will alert me. And He will alert you if you'll listen to it. If you'll pray, if you'll keep your heart open to Him, He will alert you concerning that which will affect you. Hallelujah. And you'll know, and I'll show you the way to go, and you'll walk in it and be blessed. Hallelujah. God goes before us. Hallelujah. Psalm 139, verse 5 in the Message Bible. I look behind me, and you're there. 
Then up ahead, and you're there too. Your reassuring presence coming and going. Again, why? Because he spans eternity. Eternity past and eternity future. Hallelujah. Where is God? He's going before us. He's preparing the way, and he's already in our future. That's where he's at. Hallelujah. And finally, this one, God is behind you. I look behind me. That's what he just said here. I look behind me, and you're there. Hallelujah. So he's behind us. Praise God. Isaiah 52, verse 12, in the New Living. For the Lord will go ahead of you. Yes, the God of Israel will protect you from behind. Hallelujah. Isaiah 58 and 8 says, Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. And your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Hallelujah. And again, out of the New Living, it says, And the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Hallelujah. God is our rear guard. God is protecting us from behind. Hallelujah. Mike, if you'd go ahead and start that, uh, the music, if you would. Since I know that Reed had to slip out early, I think he has to go chase bad guys again today. But thank God that the angels are protecting him as he does that. Amen. So God's our rear guard. He's protecting us from behind. And since I know that he's doing that, you know what I can do? I don't have to keep looking. I don't have to look behind. I can keep looking forward. I can keep focused on today and on my future because I know that God's got me behind me. Glory to God. Again, they're going to play. We're playing the Great Bowl right now, and we're winning. We always win. But they will play the Super Bowl uh, today. And, uh, and, and then they're, you know, the quarterback, so they'll need to have protection, won't they? They'll need, when they drop back to pass, they'll need to know that they've got a blocker there protecting them from their blind side, the side where they can't see, so no big defensive lineman or, or no, you know, uh, blindbacker breaks through and comes around and tackles the quarterback from behind. You know, they need to know that that, that they've got protection from behind. Well, we've got better protection than that. Amen. Amen. The Lord is our rear guard. In fact, the glory of the Lord, it says, is our rear guard. Hallelujah. He's our rear guard protecting us from behind. When the enemy, when the accuser, Satan, tries to rush us, amen, and tries to bring up our past failures and our past mistakes. Hallelujah. Glory to God. God says His mercies and and lamentations, His mercies are what? New every morning. Hallelujah. And here's what He says in Isaiah 43, 25. I, yes, I alone, will blot out your sins for my own sake and will never think of them again. So what are we doing? What are we doing when we let the devil remind us of them? God says, I'll never think of them. When you've come to me, God says, and you've repented and you've turned to me and you've allowed my blood to cleanse you and wash you of your sin, what are you doing letting the devil remind you of them? What are you doing living under a cloud of condemnation and shame when God says, I'll never think of them again? Amen. We should never do that. We should never live under a cloud of condemnation, a cloud of shame for our past one. 
Because God's in our past and He's redeemed it. And He's our rear guard. He's guarding us from behind when the enemy tries to come back with stuff in our past and, and tries to overtake us with it and tries to ruin a perfectly good day. By rem- oh, yeah, remember what you did last month or last year or five years ago or ten years ago and get you thinking about that to weigh you down, to get you in guilt and condemnation. God says, no, I'm your rear guard. I'm your rear guard. Hallelujah. He's behind us, cleansing us, redeeming our... Think about it. He redeems our past. God redeems our past. Hallelujah. He washes away our past sins and failures in His blood. What a God. What a Savior. Amen. So where's God? He's for me. He's on my side. Where is He at? He's with me. Hallelujah. Where is He? He's in me. Where is He? He is upon me. Where is He? He's right beside me. Where is He? He's beneath me. My firm foundation. Where is He? He's before me. He's already in the future, preparing the way. And where else is He finally? He's behind me, redeeming my past. Let's stand up and just worship Him. Let's just declare these things. Hallelujah. Let's declare these things over our lives right now. Hallelujah. Praise God. Just raise your hands and praise Him. Hallelujah. Just declare this. Say, thank you, Lord, that you're for me. You're not against me. You're for me. You're on my side. Thank you, Lord, that you are with me. Thank you, Lord, that you are in me. Thank you, Lord, that you are upon me. And I will fulfill my purpose because you're upon me. Your spirit is upon me. Thank you, Lord, that you're right beside me like a mighty warrior, like a great warrior, like a protective shade. You are right beside me. Hallelujah. And thank you, Lord, that you, go bef- that you are beneath me. You are my firm foundation. You are before me. You're already in my future, preparing the way. And you are behind me, redeeming my past. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we praise you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. We give you glory. We give you glory. Thank you, Jesus.